episode 485 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's excited to report that after sorting through all of our sacks of candy, we've only found two razor blades and one Jehovah's Witness trap. In this episode, we talk about Nine Arches, Patrick's travel philosophy, and Lauren's TV medley. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So have your dentist on speed dial, because it's time to chow down on another episode. And a Jehovah's Witness. by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. I'm going to kick things off. Patrick, you said something just before we uh, we hit record. We were talking about um, uh, New Girl. I've been watching a lot of New Girl. I've been laid up for the last 11 days at this Good. point. And, uh, so I've, <laughs> Do you I, have like a tracker somewhere? Like you just, it updates every day. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm carving into my, <laughs> my coffee table um, yeah. just the days. It's like I'm in prison. Um, but, uh, I've been watching a lot of new girl. And so I've started, started to adapt, um, to some of the mannerisms of some of the characters. And I, I mentioned right before we started something about me doing things and saying things like Nick, and you asked me if I thought I was Nick. So we had this conversation. Um, I think I, I carry two different characters. I think I can carry Nick when like 20% of the time when like, I just feel like I, I don't care about anything. And then. But I think mostly I I carry the character of Schmidt. Who who would you say that you are? I'm Nick Miller, completely. But I think you have a lot of Bishop mannerisms. I haven't watched enough of New Girl to really comment, but this is very funny because I feel like you guys are having the like male equivalent of which Sex in the City girl are you? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew turns yeah. into Winston um, whenever he's on the phone for sure. I just was having a conversation with someone the other day about the fact that you and Luke have given me such a hard time for <laughs> how I talk on the phone. You're the worst I, person I've ever talked to. I don't know what changes about me being even now, on the phone. Even now, I, I refuse to call you. Like, there's other people I'll call if I need a quick thing from, not you, because it's so painful. Yeah, you you send me a you send me a link to hop on a video call. Like you just <laughs> always sound like you're trying to figure out who's on the other line of the phone while you're talking. Like you're just like the the amount of pause you put between stuff and like the tone of voice you use. I feel like I need to go you know this is Patrick, right? The person you podcast with? That's what it feels like the whole time. That's not that's not a Winston Bishop thing though because Winston if you remember correctly and I know this because I just watched this episode yesterday Winston yeah what I really meant is you're effeminate but he's, uh, killer. he's killer on the phone like he I know like he goes to smooth, smooth Winston or whatever yeah, smooth Winston yeah. on the phone so anyway <laughs> um, it was just funny that you that you said that and asked that um, okay so I'm gonna talk about two quick things uh, Halloween happened not for me <laughs> I I yeah. sat and watched other people have Halloween. Um, but Did I have been reading. Uh, no, no, I, could, I couldn't get up and go anywhere. Well, you could sit at the door. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're not. Yeah, you you no, could no. have thrown candy at people walking by That's the door. Fair. I could have sat, yeah, I could have fun. sat in my upstairs because I, you know, I'm, I'm on the second floor. I could have opened my my uh, my French doors at the balcony and just chucked candy. That would have been, been really fun. <laughs> with my legs propped up and just been like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and just made a game out of it. But instead, I didn't do that. Uh, instead, I watched Haunted Mansion, the first one with Eddie uh, Eddie Murphy, which actually Disney. isn't as bad as I remember it being. And it's been pretty panned by most people as being a terrible movie. It actually has a lot of really I, fun. I think I saw that in theaters and never yeah, again since. So I, <laughs> know, I don't remember very much. It actually has a decent amount of of, of nods to the ride in, in a good way. And then we watched uh, the the uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion right after that. So that was how we did uh, Halloween. But um, I've read two things. And so uh, I'm just going to quickly show you um, two of them. This one, I actually haven't read this one yet. Sorry, I got this one in the mail the other day. Um, the intention was to read it on Halloween. It's called The Me You Love in the Dark. Can you see this? And I think Lauren, cool, particularly, yeah. you would love this. Scott, um, Scotty Young is the main illustrator for it. Mm. Um, and he's 
I mean, if you're familiar with comic yeah. books, he's a he's big big deal in the comic book world. He likes Scotty um, Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, but uh, it's a story by him and uh, George. I think it's George Corona. Um, it's a at least at this point, it's a four part series. I don't know if it's continuing on. This is just part one. Um, but it's kind of like a haunted, like a modern day haunted house story. Um, and the illustrations are, are pun intended killer. Um, is it a, like graphic novel or like, yeah, it's a, um, no, it's a, it's a graphic novel. Very cool. If I can show you, I can't see what yeah. you guys are seeing, but that looks awesome. Yeah. It's like the illustrations are great. So the, the me you love in the dark, I'll, I'll give you a, a, maybe a better review. It looks great. It has great reviews on online. Um, and so I picked up number one. If I like it, I'll get the other ones. And then the other one, Patrick, I think you'll actually like this is the book Mouse. Yeah. Ah, great book. You've talked, you've talked about that before. Uh, I, I've talked to you about it. I don't think I've talked about it on the show. Okay. Um, I, I had to read that in college. It's a great book. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in this group called Whiskey and Wise. Uh, and uh, at least one of the members of that listens to the show. So, hey, Jason. Um, Jason's been on the show before. Um, uh, Whiskey and the Wise, uh, once a month, it's a group of guys that get around, uh, that sit around, and it's like a book club. So each month, one person is hosting, and they choose a book. And then when you get all together to talk about it, they pair different kinds of whiskey with that book and they could oh, feed that's it really cool. to something they could, you know, they, they work it in such a way that it's a whole evening. It's an experience where we discuss it. And then we, we do this, this whiskey tasting. Um, and so I am, uh, going to be hosting next month and, um, the month of November. And so I chose this, which is a graphic novel. It's actually the, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, Pulitzer prize winning graphic novel. And I believe the first ever, um, graphic novel to get the Pulitzer Prize. Um, so this is a history, it's a history book and it has made history as well. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's um, black and white telling of a son uh, or a, a father telling his son about um, the war-torn um, uh, Poland and um, all the surrounding areas during World War II uh, when the the Nazis invaded and it's about a it's a Jewish father telling this story to his son. It's a true story. The son has taken that true story and adapted it into these characters. The characters are mice. All of the Jews are represented as mice. All of the um, Polish characters are represented as pigs, and all of the Nazis are rep- and Germans are represented as cats. And uh, but the story mm-hmm. itself is actually true. They've just he's just anthropomorphized <clears throat> a couple of animals to show the different species. Uh, and the different races. And so uh, it's so like deeply sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, well, I mean, done. the story about the Holocaust, it's not exactly like a oh, fun light reading. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, this isn't light reading. It's, it is an easy read in the sense that yeah. it's a graphic novel and it's not like, there's not a ton, um, but it, it is a hard story. There's things I'm learning about the Holocaust and things that, you don't necessarily hear in like the main, the you know, you hear the main kind of over, um, you know, the the swath of um, general things about about the Holocaust in school. But this is a more personalized. You're hearing things about like personal people's stories and things that happened um, that you wouldn't necessarily hear in the in the the general history books. Um, go pick this up. It's this is it's a two parter. This is both. This is the complete mouse. It's part one and part two. I've read the first half. Um, the second half is when they are actually in Auschwitz. Um, so it gets you gets you or uh, they I think I think they reference it. Is as, it called like, Mausschwitz? Yes, I actually think they do say that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't read that book in a long time, but it's one of the best books ever written. So like even like graphic novels or anything, it's just a really excellent story. So highly recommend that mouse for sure. If you Art, haven't read it already. Art Spiegelman. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the author. That's also who's his father is the one who survived the Holocaust and is retelling these tales. And the book is actually about his care, the, the son getting the, the father to tell the story. So it's, it's kind of meta because the story is, mm-hmm woven into the fact of also like the behind the scenes of him actually sitting down gathering this information from his father which doesn't make a lot of sense until you've actually read it but it's uh it's deeply moving and very impactful especially for those of us who who aren't jewish we don't have heritage in that uh in in that um 
in that vein at all. And we, we haven't done like a deep dive into um, the Holocaust, uh, like learning about the Holocaust other than just what we've learned in school. This is a, a beautiful, beautiful story. So um, pick up Mao's if, uh, if you're so inclined. Um, okay, Lauren, take it away. Cool. Um, so I spent most of the last week at a resort in Mexico. Um, Trevor's business partner got married, so we were at uh, their wedding and it was really fun. Um, but uh, I still had some time to um, catch up on a few things and do some exciting things in between that and Halloween and everything going on. Um, so I checked out the movie Wendell and Wild, uh, like Halloween Day, which is a new movie that's on Netflix. It's uh, stop motion and it's done by Henry Selleck, who you guys probably know from Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. Um, so it like looks a lot like that style, but it is kind mm-hmm. of have its own touch. I would say it's really cool. Um, and it's uh, a story written by uh, Jordan Peele and then him and um, he, Michael Key are also in it. And like, man, this is just a really fun movie. Um, I, I'd say it's like, it's very unique. Like uh, there are a lot of like movies kind of like this, like honestly, like Coraline, Paranorman, um, Night Before Christmas all look kind of similar to this movie, but it still like has its own unique story. Um, it's about this girl named Kat who um, has kind of like a haunted past and she summons her own demons who uh, kind of cause trouble up in the town. And that's Wendell and Wild. And it's a really cool story. Like I genuinely enjoyed the movie a lot and it's just like on Netflix. So you can go check that out um, whenever you're ready. It's a re- it was really fun, like for Halloween, but like obviously anytime you can watch these kind of it's like just a good kind of spooky fairy tale kind of, you know, over the garden wall type of fun thing, you know, definitely recommend that one. I, we almost watched that. But it's we really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, just it's check out the preview uh, and you'll probably know if you would be interested in this or not, because it's like just uh, the animation style is like instantly like, oh, I want to check that out. But uh, I thought it was great. So. Definitely check that out if you're ready for like one more spooky movie before you switch to Christmas. <laughs> um, I also got in the mail a very, very big box of pins from Andrew Kolb. He <laughs> sent you the entire what? Yeah, all of this, all of this. <laughs> are, you now, are you now doing fulfillment for him? basically uh but we'll definitely be giving away some of these uh on the air so i thought i'd bring that up but i i've worked it out yet but there's like hundreds of pins here oh so, we'll so have many pins. pins if you're listening to yeah. the podcast and you you don't understand the scale of that it's literally hundreds of of on backer packaged pins yeah, yeah. fully packaged <laughs> ready to go uh andrew sent me a message when i told him that i had it and i was like uh sorry i sent so many pins i was like no such thing as too many we'll take care of it <laughs> i don't know that's a lot we're gonna do. Oh. We're gonna do a giveaway for sure. Yeah. 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 We have to. And then, uh, if you Good guys Lord. want any pins, let me know. <laughs> you can spare fifty pins. Just shoot them my way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got a, a few. You know, just sitting here. Mackenzie <laughs> was trying to get some pins produced for her job. Can you just use some of those instead? <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. <laughs> purpose these. Just yeah. have a, just Sharpie in King's community. Yeah, <laughs> easy. <laughs> easy. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Um, well, all right. I got another thing in the turtle mail. is Jesus. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Uh oh yes. Yeah, okay. So um I got another thing in the mail. Um this is one of my own things. We've got, uh, I have a big market coming up this weekend, um, Saturday. It is the uh, yeah. Super Yaki Supermarket. I don't know if you, I've talked about Super Yaki Shock before, but they're currently here in Houston. They're going to be moving to LA. This is kind of their goodbye show. And it's going to be a Ghibli themed art market on uh, this Saturday from noon to six. And I'm really excited because I kind of took a gamble and just ordered a few of these to get started, but now I'm like, uh, I'm definitely obsessed and going to get more. Uh, I got a puzzle made of my piece, my um, smorgasbord piece. So it was like really detailed drawing of the like window from Kiki's delivery service. So I actually got like 500 piece puzzles produced and I'm so freaking excited because like I love puzzles anyway. So like this is really fun. And then um, she's Winston. I'm blown away with like how nice the, uh, like the quality is like the pieces are nice and thick. The like picture quality looks awesome. So, um, What's I just got part? these, huh? What What's your favorite part about puzzles? I don't know. I just like puzzles a lot. Like it's so much fun. Like I like the like clicking the pieces in, and I, I'm good at puzzles. It's just oh, a it's great activity. Smell when you open the box. Ah, oh, yeah. This has even good, though good you would love smell. working, you would love working uh, at a grocery store in the back stocking because <laughs> it's just yeah. cardboard. It's just cardboard and printing. That's I all the smell back there. Yeah. 
but super excited to get these. I can't. I'm like thrilled with how nice they turned out and everything. Uh, I have a really small like the cover and stuff. Yeah, I did the box and everything. Gosh, we. Uh, okay. I we wanted it to like look really nice and professional, and it does. Like I opened this one, but it comes like wrapped up in plastic, and inside the 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 pieces were all in a poly bag and everything. So like, I feel like a real puzzle person. Can like, huh? I buy one of those to give away? Yeah, I'm definitely going to make more of these because I only got 10 and I'm I'm pretty sure I'll be able to sell all 10 at the market after I've seen these in person. So uh, I'll be ordering more. Just uh, let How me know if you'd they? be interested How in getting one. Uh, I think I'm going to charge either 30 or $35. I got to figure all this out. I just got it in the mail today. So I was like, I just was so excited. Oh, I had to show so it So you're off not going to let me buy one of your 10 because you have to take those to the market. Yes, but these came okay. in insanely fast, even though they were from China. So I'll be able to get more very quickly. She <laughs> He ordered them yesterday morning, and they've got. They <laughs> I wish uh, ten little puzzles went to market. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so for pins like to ship, it usually takes like at least like four to six weeks. I got these in two weeks, so I was like really excited. Uh, that yeah, that's well. good. You hear uh, that? So, yeah, puzzles. I'm very excited about this. It's going to be really fun. And like I said, the Super Yaki Supermarket is this Saturday. If you're in Houston, it's going to be very fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, stay tuned after this show because uh, we, I think we mentioned this in the pre-show, but we are going to do the first half of Cultural Osmosis, our update to Pondering Potter. This time mm -hmm. we're taking on Lord of the Rings um, instead of Harry Potter. And we're kind of just changing the name. It's the exact same idea. One of us hasn't seen uh, a very popular property and the rest of us are going to quiz the person on it. And then we're going to watch the thing together. Uh, we just want to be able to talk about more than Harry Potter. So we had to change the name. And that's, yep. that's what's up. <laughs> or we can we can continue to ponder Potter while we're watching those movies. <laughs> Just, That's true. That's true. <laughs> it would be easy to change it to like pondering Cotter, and then we could only watch episodes of Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> Welcome Back Cotter. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we so choose to do that, then yeah, I guess we're gonna change the name back. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I will uh, finish out this uh, around the table. Uh, a couple very very quick things. Number one. A uh, new show on Netflix, Drink Masters. This is for all the people that like cooking shows and, and well, just competition shows. If you like Blown Away or up. if you like the, whatever the show is with the MUAs, this, this is uh, something very similar. So it's a group of bartenders from, um, I want to say all over the world, but that's not true. America and Canada. That's really where they're from. I think there's like one guy from Scotland, but I don't know that he actively lives there. Um, they're all professionals, uh, except uh, when I uh, let me say this another way. They all work or uh, in or own bars, except for one contestant. One contestant is just a, an Instagram bartender. Um, and uh, uh, this is a show where they have to make drinks. It's, it's exactly what you think it is. Instead of it being broken to like three separate competitions, there's just one primary competition uh, or, uh, during each episode. And then uh, there's one knockout round competition that has mm. anywhere from like two to four people in it. It changes uh, depending on the episode. And the amount of time for each one of those pieces change. So like the primary competition in some episodes is 15 minutes. In other episodes, it's three hours. And then the knockout round in some episodes is 15 minutes. And in other episodes, it's two hours. So it's, it's a very mm. fluid. Three, fluid. Three hours is a lot of time to make a drink. Yes, yeah. arguably too much time. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because it, it's very easy to understand if if you sit down and watch a cooking show conceptually like, oh, these are the steps you might go through. I need to come up with a dish. I need to put together an ingredient list. I need to, you know, shop for the items. I need to prep in this order. Like, it's kind of easy to understand uh, that operation, even even if you don't cook. Watching this show... I have no concept for what they do and why they do it when they do it. Like, and, and the first couple episodes are pretty bad at giving any insight. So I'll say the first episode actually is a very frustrating episode. I didn't like the show in the first episode. Uh, the host, Tone Bell, um, it, uh, personality was a bit too over the top and, and it didn't feel very uh, it, it, very serious, maybe. Uh, serious is the wrong word, but it, it it didn't feel like it matched the energy of other parts of the show. Um, at least with the visuals you were getting, uh, being given. And then the actual content felt very like close to the chest. Like there wasn't a lot of explanation about why things happened or why you would do this over this or what the difficulty was in using this method or et cetera. Now that I'm on episode six, 
now it feels like the show has found its footing. It, it like we're learning as we go. I feel like I have a better understanding mm-hmm. of what's going on. I'm enjoying the show now, but episode one and even episode two, walking away from those, I could have dropped the show then and not come back to it. So, uh, but if you do watch it, it does crack those mistakes. It's it's much like any other show that you watch in the first season, especially Netflix shows. This is just one of those things that I've noticed. Uh, another great example is um, um, uh, is it Chef's Table? Is that the cooking competition with yes. people all the world? Literally, they do things in episode one and two of season one that they never do again. They 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 dropped hosts. They stopped doing the floor interviews. Like there's different components, and it's amazing to me that that in putting a show together, you would get as far as to like episode three before you s- figure out not to do something or that it doesn't work. Maybe those are things that just come up in the first edit. Who knows? Um, but the show's found its footing. It's enjoyable. So at this point, I do recommend checking out Drink Masters if you're looking for something to watch. Uh, the <clears throat> only other thing that I'll throw out is uh, Twitch Turbo. This is for the people watching. I did not know this existed. And I'm someone that uh, really enjoys Twitch. I spend uh, too much time on Twitch. If you watch a lot of people and uh, and you hate commercials the way I do, it can feel very overwhelming to think like, oh, I got to pay $5 for this person and for this person and for this person. And now it's costing me $50 to not have commercials when I watch, you know, like the, t- the 10 people I enjoy. Twitch has something called Twitch Turbo. Um, the price of this, I think is $6 a month. Um, I'm subscribed. And so I can't see the price. (laughs) It's either $6 (laughs) a month or $7 a month. And it gives you no commercials across the entire platform. So if you find yourself watching a lot of people on Twitch and commercials drive you crazy, get Twitch turbo. This is amazing. This is a, a hugely beneficial Outside of that, keep in mind that you're not going to like creators don't get a portion of that. Mm-hmm. So if you still like a creator, uh, give your Amazon uh, Prime to a creator, uh, uh, your Prime Gaming subscription, or pay five dollars if you want to get creator benefits, emotes, etc. Um, but in terms of just watching without having to deal with ads, Twitch Turbo is awesome. I think it's six dollars a month, and there's no ads platform wide. Game changer love it so um uh yes and will brings to the point of twitch is like give us all the money and not the creators it can feel like that because again like i'm not going to get a portion of that um twitch we we should have another conversation where we do a breakdown the whole industry right now is i don't know that turmoil is the word but there's um a lot of people finding their footing uh, in terms of payments to creators, you know, I, I, it's easy when you see creators get, getting these million dollar payouts uh, over the course of a year. Now, and that's not a lot of creators. Maybe it's the top 30 on a platform or, or the top 50 on a platform, whatever. But it's easy. Let me say this another way. You can imagine that that uh, entities like YouTube or, or Twitch or TikTok or whoever are going to keep clawing back that money as much as they can get away with. And that has been true up until now having platforms like TikTok that arguably, like they get more eyes than Twitch does or YouTube who's going in very aggressively with their YouTube live streaming and they're poaching away talent uh, from Twitch. And now you have this battle of, oh, we need the creators. So we have to make sure that we're not reducing payouts too much. Uh, But obviously that's a lot of money being given away that isn't going into infrastructure, platform improving, et cetera. Uh, And so there's just this, the industry's in a lot of flux right now trying to find what those hard numbers are where kind of everyone's happy. Uh, and with that, a lot of those numbers are changing right now. So Twitch has massively, or they've upped the amount of money that they're giving creators uh, in return for playing uh, you know, certain amounts of ad roll. Uh, but unfortunately for end users, that means they're having to deal with eight minutes of ads an hour, which is a mm-hmm. huge amount of ads. Um, it really is. Uh, it's yeah. it, you don't realize how much it is until you watch it, and it's an infuriating, crazy amount of ads. Oh, I um, watch Hulu. I know what it's like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that one's always the same one every time. But really TikTok has recently announced that they're upping their payouts to creators, and so uh, Twitch actually rolled back one of their changes that was reducing creator payout. So a lot of flux right now. Um, Turbo is creating more um, conversation around the idea of taking money from creators, but again. 
the the industry is still f- uh, new enough that it is still figuring itself out. So uh, anyway, that's it for me. We can go ahead and go to our master categories. All right, that's going to be it for our Around the Table. Up next, Master Categories. Every week we talk about the categories we found out the week before by rolling our dice. That's a clunky way of saying what I normally say, but at least I'm saying it right on the first time. And I didn't mention tokens. So this week we're going to do the same thing and pick our topics based on those categories. And Patrick, uh, I'm just going to keep the train rolling with you Um, and this is a little bit different because I'm actually going to prompt you for your category because you weren't exactly sure how to frame travel, which is what you got. I want to set you up to just explain some of your philosophy about travel because you have a vastly different approach to travel than maybe most people, or at least than, than myself, (laughs) um, you have had have said this recently. I, I have had several trips um, canceled, things moved, and last minute planes, you know, planes, whole trips canceled because planes were delayed and all sorts of things in these in this last couple of months. It's been frustrating. You have had similar situations happen, but you have you have made the point that you can make these last minute decisions with with very little effect to your mental well being because. Mm-hmm the way you approach booking trips. Now, if I'm booking a trip, we'll start this by explaining how, how I do things and then you can explain how you're different. When I book a trip, I book everything. Once I've done all the planning and I've talked to everybody and I know that everything's good to go and I know I know where I'm staying, I have all these things in mind, then I purchase my flights, then I I book all, you know, book all the reservations and everything. Once that stuff is locked and loaded, it is it is go like it, it's unless, you know, something unforeseen happens. It is like, nope, that's not happening. Like, like this is this is going to be the case. You do not view things that way. You you have viewed it as just a placeholder. Can you explain to myself again and then to all the people's listening how you approach travel plans? Yeah, I mean, you take booking a trip uh, in terms of air airfare or, or air travel uh as seriously um uh, as marriage M- maybe maybe more seriously <laughs> than mar- like i don't know but, so but evidence could be seen to state the end <laughs> i've seen you cancel less trips i don't know uh so that so I'm partially getting to take advantage of a COVID situation, but this is partially from before, but I just take it as one of those things that I want every piece of it to be right. Uh, because for me, travel does feel like a lot of energy expended and not the actual, like, um, like I'm, I'm not afraid to fly. I'm not afraid to go through an airport, all that type of stuff. And I, and I've got a lot of, um ways that i do that to minimize the stress effort all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day it's still exhausting i mean you hear you know you hear that stupid joke of oh i have to have a vacation from my vacation just the act of doing it of breaking yourself out of your normal cycle and i have a life that i also enjoy a lot um and so from that standpoint i I don't really feel a lot of like compulsion to go uh live life somewhere else (laughs) and so because of that Travel has to, has to be good. Like I have to, I have to do all the things I want to do. And if any piece of it is compromised, ah, then I'd rather not do it. And that includes me not feeling a hundred percent. That includes, uh, you know, if, if a, a plane is going to get delayed or if I'm going to have to involve someone else in the plan. So I've started doing uh, two things. One is that for, for big trips, I don't, by the way, don't buy trip insurance. That's garbage, but I'll buy refundable fares for larger trips. Yes. You pay an extra, uh, it could be an extra 150 bucks or 200 bucks, something like that. But an example of this is going to Europe and I have a $1,500 plane ticket and I was able to get a refund 28 hours before I was supposed to go get on that plane. And if I hadn't done that, then I'm just out that money. So that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to make a decision in the moment uh, to say, hey, some things aren't going the way they should go. And instead of putting all of these other things at risk, my my hotel and my other reservations and this, I can just refund it all right now and not have to deal with it. So that, that's nice. And then the second thing is, uh, if you can gain um, enough status, 
uh, or if you can take advantage of airlines that have still altered their um, booking policy because of COVID, just buy tickets that you can change dates for free. I mean, that, that's the other piece of it. So uh, Delta, I believe, is still doing some of these change dates. Not all airlines are. Um, sometimes what you'll find is that if you're buying through a, a, a you know, a, a company like Spirit or a company like Frontier, yeah. that you lose out some of that flexibility if something is to go wrong or if your plans get upset, et cetera. So I would just be mindful of that as well um, and, and pick fares you can do that with. So my thing is, um, it's not that I don't think... It's not that I don't love travel, uh, and I and it's not that I'm afraid of travel. It's just that it's just a lot of effort, and so because of that, I want everything to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, I'm going to do it another time. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what my thought process is. Um, I will say, airlines don't book them last minute. Uh, I mm-hmm. that's the other piece. Like hotels, book the day you're going to get there. Like unless there's like a convention that's happening or something that would cause rooms to be gone hotels get cheaper the closer that you get <laughs> airlines don't airlines don't do that so that's the other thing driving this as many times i will book a flight in such a way that i'm getting the cheapest ticket but that means i have a greater possibility of needing to cancel that flight later so that's kind of where the balance is okay that that was me leading you into the and, and it for me it's a very different approach um yeah. you you see that reservation that can, that can easily just be like, eh, eh, I'm not, I'm, I now I wanted to go when I booked it. I don't really want to go anymore. And it's fine. Like, well, like for instance, I, I want to go to Europe. Um, and right now it's super cheap to book. Like if I want to fly, uh, San Antonio to London, a uh, round trip. And I want to go second week of January right now. It's like $520. Uh, and that's, uh, Delta Austin for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did check. We did check before the show. It's only half the time. And that's basically what it costs to fly from San Antonio to Austin, which is hilarious. <laughs> the same number of hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying. So the thing is, I would that's a that's travel that I would book today. Because if I wait until first week of January and go, oh, I I can make that trip. Well, now tickets cost $1,600 for that trip. So I would rather book that now and get to first week of January and have something fall through and go, oh, I need to cancel. I'm still spending less money booking now than if I waited until everything had lined up and I knew that I could make that happen. So uh, that's the other piece. Jedi Jedi is talking about uh, he did book for a cruise. He had insurance um, and there was a hurricane. Mm -hmm. And because of the hurricane... um, uh, he did get uh, the refund because he had the uh, the interest there. That's great. Um, here's what I'll say. Uh, Mackenzie and I were going to book some time at the coast, um, and it's during hurricane season. We were looking at booking on the Texas coast. And some of the insurance, uh, it's, they're very specific in the scenarios that they'll pay out, and sometimes they won't pay out for the whole price. Like, they'll pay out for this portion, but not this portion, et cetera. We just decided not to book at the coast during hurricane season because I don't want to have to deal with it. Um, so, yeah, if you're if you're booking a trip that has a, a decent likelihood of being upset by an act of God, certainly get insurance. <laughs> but in terms of um, the protections you get through something like Delta, like if you lose luggage uh, or something like that, and, and just the protections they have in their ticket terms. I don't know that insurance makes my life any better, easier, and it's just money gone, in my opinion. Uh, just just for what it will take to meet the criteria to get the full payout in many cases. Uh, but certainly, depending on what you're doing, uh, you know, do your research and make your own decision. Okay. But I will say, if you ever need, if you, I, I, I won't do it today. But if you ever are booking a trip. Um, the couple things that are your best friend flights.google.com uh they have a price graph so you can put in how many days where you're going to and it will show you um a a graph of like five day trips if you went on tuesday if you went on wednesday if you went on thursday and you can see this for like many months in advance that's that's very very helpful just make sure you're picking the right uh class of travel because otherwise you're going to be looking at um, you know, like a basic versus when in your mind, you might think that you're getting uh, some type of like uh, premium economy or something. So just make sure you properly set your, your uh, cabin experience. But that price graph is awesome. Huh? 
You're going to drop that link in the notes. Yep. Yeah, sure. And then yeah. Seat Guru is great as well. So I'm six foot seven, which means that I can't just sit in any seat. With Seat Guru, you can type in. So if you pick your route, it'll tell you like this is the tail number of the plane that's flying it. If you put that into Seat Guru, it'll show you a map for that specific plane. And it will have pictures and comments from every seat telling mm. you like, oh, this one has limited recline because of this. This one doesn't have a window. This one's wow. close to the bathrooms. And or and it will like give you notes, positive and negative, about the seats in the plane. So if you don't fly enough to know plane layouts, then this is a – if you only fly once a year, check Seat Guru. Make sure you're picking a seat that is a good seat. Unless you you're pocket size like Lauren, in which case you can fit in the overhead bin. Um, yeah. Well, okay. With at, at the risk of elongating our abbreviated episode, I do have a question. Do either one of you actually recline your seats? I know we touched on this uh, uh, several months back. We talked about like etiquette, but like you, you mentioned like like receipt uh, or receipt seat reclining um, abilities based on whatever flight it is. But like, who actually reclines their seats anymore? So. A, I do, but B, here's a tip if you like reclining seats but don't want a seat reclined into you. Any seats that are in the emergency row uh, or that recline into an emergency row cannot recline the full amount because that would be too great of an obstruction in the case of emergency. So if you get the last row, like like normally in emergency section, it has two rows back to back that are the emergency row. If you get the back row, the person in front of you cannot recline into you, but your seat still has full recline. And you also tend to get more leg room as well, because again, they have to have an unobstructed path in the case of emergency. So typically best recline, best room, and least uh, bother from someone in front of you is the back row of the emergency row. You, but you do recline, Lauren. Absolutely. I yeah. Do. So I mean, but I'm not every single time, but like, I just went on a flight this weekend. I wanted to sleep the whole time. So yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just, I feel like we've hit a place as a society. This is just my personal feeling. We've hit a place as a society where we all recognize we're all going to the same place. We all, we should be at a place in society where we are all going to the same place. We're all getting there the exact same way. And the best thing we can do for everyone is to just keep to ourselves. Reclining is inherently moving out of the space that's allocated for you and backwards Mm -hmm. into the frontal space of the person behind you. 100%. No, the it's space like, allocated you only to me get this tiny recline. little like two inch recline. It's not like like and everybody has the option to do it. So you can also give yourself that space back. You're that, for, that but issue. but for the person, the person reclining in front of you at that point, if you want to maintain it doesn't the bother same me when people recline their seat in front of me at because all, you are like, a like, recliner, you're because you're a recliner. So, of course, it wouldn't bother you. But, but, but what I'm saying just, is. If I you want to maintain your life more difficult. if you want to maintain the same level of space that you that is allocated to you if someone reclines you are now forced to recline to maintain that same level of now, space. Now listen, listen. This could be airplane specific, but in Delta's cabins, the actual frame that the um uh um tray table is mounted on is separate from the seat. So the seat can recline and the tray table does not even move because the seat reclines independently of it. And it oh, does yeah, not recline enough to affect the tray table. That's so, not true across that's not true across all So so maybe it's planes. the planes you've experienced, but I promise you, I'm a very tall person. When even when I sit in normal cabins and the people in front of me recline, I don't feel like extra inconvenience because of it. Yeah. If you have issues with legroom as well, keep in mind that Outside rows, the armrests always come up on a lot of Delta planes. It's a button that's under the bottom of the armrest all the way up against the back of the seat. Just as soon as you take off and get to your 8,000 feet or whatever you have to get to, flip your armrest up. Nice. Kick your leg in the aisle. You're great. You'll be golden. This is the very first time that the chat is with me. It needs to be (laughs) stated verbally for everyone listening. The, the chat is actually with me for once. And so I'm just going to revel in that for a hot second. We can really agree, though, that the true monsters are people who, like, play their phones out loud. Okay, listen. Yeah. Yeah, Let yeah, me yeah. tell you the true monsters, because I agree. And I've had that in my last two flights, but thankfully I have my headphones and it's okay. Bigfoot. One person <laughs> sat beside me and decided to eat waffles. And, wait. And he was, like, cutting his waffles. Yeah, you and his arm was going over, like... 
Yeah. His if if you were to draw a line straight down from his elbow, it would have hit me in the penis. That's where it was. <laughs> yeah, but wait, wait, wait. Where was your penis? Because that's <laughs> like I think you're making some assumptions. <laughs> that that is the worst. Uh, like don't don't bring smelly food on the plane. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. uh yeah, don't Walk don't play your phone. phone. Don't do anything yeah. on speakerphone. Don't phone. play your games or movies out loud. You can wait to when the plane lands, you can wait to you're at the gate to actually make that phone call. You don't need to make it right now while we're taxiing. And don't stand up when we get to the gate. You gotta wait for everybody in front of you to get off the plane. So just sit, hold tight. That's the stuff that drives me crazy. But reclining, I paid for that seat. I'm gonna recline in that seat. <laughs> All right, yeah, someone else I'm talk. just so happy that I'm on the what would be considered the right side of our community at this moment. It's yeah. just, it hasn't happened in a very long time. So I'm just, I'm super <laughs> happy about it. Um, Lauren, Do you know why they turn off the lights at night before they uh, take off the plane? And when they're landing the plane? So that they, you can't see them change. Cause they, so change everyone's out. lights. It's so everyone's eyes can adjust to darkness. So if there's an accident on the ground, you can escape the plane without having to wait for your eyes to adjust. Oh to shoot. That's smart. Mm-hmm. More more fun travel facts. I'll bring some more later. Those are Pat's tricks for happy traveling. <laughs> uh, that's really good. I don't care. That's good. Um, Lauren, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, tell us about your category this week? I will. So I got uh, TV and present, and I promise I will keep this quick, even though I'm doing a bit of a medley because we had three new shows come out this week that I all think are worthy of mentioning. So I'm just going to give a quick, uh, probably like elevator pitch for all three of these new shows. Um, So number one, this one is fully out. You can watch all of it now. So it was the one that I watched first and it is another good Halloween special. And that is Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities that is on Netflix. Freaking awesome show. I loved this. It's just great. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It is an eight part horror anthology kind of curated by Guillermo del Toro. Um, it's sort of like a black mirror type thing. Like all the episodes do not connect in any important way to one another. It's just that they're kind of curated together because the theme is like horror stories that are about an hour long. (laughs) Um, the like quality is really good across the board. I think all of them were really good. They represent all different types of horror movies and like different settings. Some are funnier than others. Um, just really bravo. This show is super cool. If you like uh, spooky stuff, this is really fun. And you could just watch a couple of these if you want. Each one is about an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour long. Um, and they're, like I said, completely different little, um, you know, short stories that you can watch. Um, all different directors. It's very cool because, like, Guillermo del Toro clearly, like, um, curated, like, a lot of, like, projects for his friends and, like, just highlighted a lot of really talented people that I hadn't heard of um, or, like, known in this way. So just bravo. The show's super cool. Love it. It's on all out on Netflix now. I, yeah, please. I think I've only seen two, maybe three of them so far. It, it feels, mm-hmm. it harkens back to, um, to, uh, what the heck is his name? I literally just blanked. Psycho, uh, Birds. Uh, 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 Hitchcock. Hitchcock. It it harkens back to when Hitchcock would do his, when he would set up his movies with giving a tiny little bit of a thing. Yes. It feels yeah. so classic horror movie in in that sense. And then on top of that, the visuals of the, like the title block, um, like that, like all the visuals for that are absolutely wonderful. Patrick, you probably wouldn't That's like a lot of the cool. stories, but watch like the setup for one of them into like the opening bumper. Sure, sure. And you will, you'll love that because it's so well done. It's so cool. And it's creepy, but it's like, it's got like a, um, a classy creepiness to it because you've got Guillermo walking out, setting up the story and just Mm -hmm. saying like, tonight's tale is about blah, 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 told by so-and-so. And And then here's the story. You get like one little visual clue and it's just like really intriguing. Uh, I just, I love uh, yeah, like yeah. Turner, Cla- like you're watching something on Turner classics. That's what it feels like. Like, a- yeah, it definitely like evokes lots of um, like homages to classic horror things like all over the place. Like it's just truly a really fun series, especially if you like uh, creepy things. I think it's really fun to just have these like quick short stories, like, you know, and uh, this seems like something that will be great, like going forward into the future. Cause like, there's no limits on how many seasons or whatever they could do. This is just like super fun. So um, cabinet of curiosities on Netflix. And it was very cool how they released it with like two episodes every day leading up to Halloween. I thought that was awesome. So um, go Netflix. I love the, you know, that we're spreading things out a little bit. <laughs> one one <laughs> on more thing on space. that before you, before you head out of it and it's not show related, but it's similar. Yes. 
I believe we've talked about this years ago. Patrick, you talked about, um, you got me into Aaron Mankey, the podcaster. Um, and you seem like you maybe didn't get me into Aaron Mankey. Sure, maybe. Maybe it was Luke who got me into Yeah, anyway, I don't think it was me. But I learned I, about Aaron Mankey because of this show, so years ago. <laughs> anyway, he does a show, uh, a podcast called Cabinet of Curiosities, and it's like these kinds oh, of yeah. stories, but they, I believe they are all true stories, and they're nugget size like you can listen to one that that could be anywhere from five minutes to 15 minutes long but there are these episodes that are are all about these like the macabre and and strange and otherworldly and extraordinary different tales and he Aaron Mankey is a fantastic storyteller so he weaves all these things through and then there's always a payoff at the end of um, whatever we talked so, about that years ago year years and that, year. that's that was a luke thing I, I when you said the name of it i i remember that so. yeah so that's a great compendium to this if you yeah, want a similar kind of thing true, yeah. that's a lot more bite-sized um from another great storyteller but it's just audio based not not visual you can listen to cabinet of curiosities um on uh, uh from aaron Mankey on your podcast streams very cool uh, so the next show that I want to talk about is uh, Tales of the Jedi, which I did mention this show when um, we were talking about our Star Wars celebration breakdown. But um, this is a new uh, a new Star Wars cartoon that's just released. Um, it all dropped together because it's only six episodes, which is like kind of unusual for the cartoons. A lot of the seasons are much longer, but this is a very concentrated story. Um, it's three episodes that are about um, Ahsoka and three that are about Count Dooku. Um, I, I was trying to decide if this is going to like, this would be interesting to someone who hasn't watched the cartoons, um, like as just a star Wars fan, I think some of it, I think it definitely would be, especially as a companion piece to Andor right now, which is like very non Jedi centric and like Ahsoka story, who is the character that isn't involved in the live action stuff as much, um, yet, uh, her story literally starts with her as a baby. So like you can be introduced to Ahsoka through this in a way that, um, if you're not familiar with her, might kind of deepen your knowledge of her without having to watch all of Clone Wars. Um, and then the Dooku stuff, I think, like, just adds to what you know really well from the movies, but it's very intriguing because it's kind of like watching him go to the dark side and, like, what brought him there. And, like, what, like it's honestly, like, the first time there's really been, like, a hard eye on the, like, Jedi Council and kind of calling out some of their, like, hypocrisy more blatantly. And I thought it was a really cool story. Really, really awesome. Like I said, it's only six episodes if you watch all of them in one sitting it's only about two hours long they're about like 15 20 minutes each uh so you can just blow through this series if you choose to i've been trying really hard to like slow down and enjoy it longer because like it's it's really cool and the animation is such an awesome update from the cartoons like oh my gosh it's just beautiful so i'm really enjoying tales of the jedi it's awesome that's on disney plus and you, like i said you can watch all of it already uh already there to go i haven't seen it yet and i've been i'm just gonna wait for it to i also haven't watched I haven't finished Andor. I haven't watched any of the Bad Batch. Like, there's so many things with Star Wars. Well, that's why I was trying to, like, think if you could, like, watch this separately without needing to watch all those other things. And, like, I, the only reason I brought up Andor is because, like, this is all Jedi stuff. And Andor is very non-Jedi stuff, like, intentionally avoiding talking about that. So just having a little, you know, um, dose of the other side of Star Wars is kind of cool at the same time, even though they they don't connect at all. Um, but uh, maybe that they're all prequels. But... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just think it's a great show. Definitely worth checking out, especially if you are a fan of the other, like all the Star Wars stuff. This is a really, uh, I think like a special treat, honestly, like this is really cool. Um, and then the last show that I will mention is, uh, the white Lotus, which is uh, a show we talked about before, but the second season just started on Sunday. So, uh, game of Thrones, goodbye. Hello, white Lotus. Uh, we are now in Sicily instead of Hawaii. It's, um, basically like the, the concept would be like that there's uh, the white Lotus, like hotel franchise. So instead of saying it like the Hyatt in Hawaii, you're now saying it the Hyatt in, uh, Sicily. And so it's like another super high end hotel. We get a whole cast of weirdos and wonderful people um there's one returning character which is um jennifer coolidge um i i i'm happy to like have her back i thought she was really fun uh from the first season and um she was the one who won all the emmy so that was great for her and like uh she's just a, a fun actress i'm always happy to see her uh the new cast is great uh aubrey plaza's in it a few other faces you'll recognize a lot of people where i'm like uh, I did. I didn't necessarily like know their names, and I'm like, oh, I, they're familiar. And I look them up, and they're like in a whole bunch of things that I know. So um, I think it's just like really set up to be like another great season. It has a very similar um, hook with like a 
a body showing up as one of the guests and you don't know which one it'll be. So the mystery is trying to guess along the season um, who will be murdered or killed or who knows what will happen uh, ends up dead. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm really excited about this season. Looks great. Um, and yeah, this is our new Sunday night show from HBO. So uh, it's always good. <laughs> I I'm excited about that one. I've been excited about season two since I saw that there was one coming out. So um, I didn't yeah. realize it was already out. So that's good to know. It's just started. <laughs> okay. Well then um, I'm going to round the bases on this. Uh, yeah, we're still doing good on abbreviation. This this show is abbreviated. I don't care what you say, Patrick. I'm trying to reach just out of got it. Didn't have to leave the mic. It's a beautiful thing. I got games, and uh, uh, which is a different sentiment than me saying I've got game because uh, I don't. Just so yeah, everyone's clear. Uh, if I'm Winston Bishop, I have zero game. Um, this is a game that I talked about uh, in concept. A while ago, pre-pandemic, um, or maybe it was like at the very beginning of pandemic. Um, but after all the supply cha- supply chain issues and everything, so I finally got this game in from Kickstarter uh, a couple weeks ago, and I want to show you guys. This game is called Nine Arches, boom. And on oh, the wow. same yes. on the same um, the same thread that we've been talking about so far, the curiously daring game of adventures. I'm tying everybody's thing sure. all into nope. this is all That's about nice. travel. This is all about curiosity and, and exploring new things. So right off the bat, let me just show you um, how this game opens up. First of all, the box, if you're not watching, it's blue with this gold, um, like the, uh, this gold ink that's got this really beautiful mono, mono line art or mono width art um, on front of it. It's like kind of cloud and ethereal looking. Um, and then you've got these four icons that are associated with different things in the game. And then this just beautiful custom typeface. I love the logo here. Being a part of the Kickstarter, we got to actually speak into how, like, the design of the game. We got to speak into, like, different iterations of the logos and got to kind of um, have a... It wasn't, like, crowdsourced in the truest sense because they still had a team of people who were, who were doing this design work, but we got to right. speak into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you open up this game. It's got a... It's got a um, uh, magnet right here game opens up as a flap and what you see inside oh. is more of that mono line art and and the inscription on the inside says the great divide is between those who talk and those who do to take action and to pursue is what makes a dream come true it almost and again, looks like like not gold bars but did you did you ever see looper andrew did you ever watch that Yes, this looks like the bounty that you yeah. get when you, when, <laughs> when you when you've reached the end of your thing. Yeah. It's like what's strapped to the back of everybody. Um, so you start the the game starts off by with the, this one card with a QR code that you're supposed to scan. But at first, it says um, uh, when you flip around the back, it says to start your adventure, invite three friends, pack bathing suits just in case, go to the most magical place you can find. Then open your initiation rights. And it begins with this envelope that is a one-time pull and open envelope. If you can see what I'm showing on air, it's a, yep. one of those envelopes that it's been sealed. You can only open it the first time because then you've, t- you've broken the seal. Um, only open when you and three friends are gathered in the most magical place you can find. That's all the instruction it gives you. Uh, and then this is what teaches you how to play the game inside of there. This right here, it also comes with in this wonderfully, like this is like that dense foam, right? Like the the packing is this dense foam. It also comes with this um, this book of uh, instructions. And as you can tell, this is not a thin book of instructions. There's a lot that this game can do and a lot that this game prompts you to to do. It looks like a, a like the size of a moleskin or something. It is, yeah. It's like it's like a mini moleskin. Yeah. Um, it's very well like it's it's nice and sturdy like the it's like a nice thick uh paper as well on the back it says proceed with caution this game suggests various real world activities as part of your adventure as such real world rules and cautions apply and real world (laughs) activities should be undertaken only with adult supervision and consent so they're 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 being very clear don't just follow the rules of this game this it takes place this game does not take place in a vacuum it takes place in real world stay with me stay with me 
what if that's heroin? And this is an elaborate <laughs> plan to traffic heroin using unsuspecting people. That's not a bad episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> In that case, it would be meth, start a game, load every box with heroin, and have people deliver it to different places. That's... There's something to that. Let's explore that as a yeah. business option off air yeah, uh, for reasons, <laughs> just for brevity, <laughs> just to yeah. keep things brief. We'll talk about that yeah. off air. Um, so, and then even deeper in this packaging, I'm trying to show everybody while I do this, uh, there's another level layered down where it's seated even deeper inside of this pocket is the arch log. So you're supposed to keep track oh, of all cool. of your adventures in this little log book that it gives you. And it sits nicely tucked into this, foam place without any issue of it falling out um and then it this comes is one with, of the nicest game box reveals i think i've ever seen it's it's wonderful like because it's there's wonderful. there's we're very used to uh what's the company that makes the plastic holders that we're seeing a lot game now? Trays. so we're used to game trays right and it's not that they're bad quality they're they're great quality but it's a very specific look you know it, i don't know that it's it's so it's premium again in, in the sense of like fit, yeah. But it's not well, premium factor. necessarily when you see it. It still you know? looks like plastic inside of plastic, right? And right. this this opening, at least on camera, I don't know how much is being obscured, but this looks premium. This looks high end. I would actually say that the cam, like you viewing this through camera, actually lessens the quality that it actually is. Yeah. It has a feel of quality. Like everything about it feels premium. Uh, it looks really nice. Um, so then going back to it, um, I'll show the, the, what I just took out of here last. But it comes with these four adventurers enamel pins. Going back to the pin conversation we were having earlier nice. with those different icons. Yeah. I don't exactly know how those get distributed or get or you, you play with. Soft enamel. Um, so it's a, yep, soft enamel. Each of them with just a gold accent with a with some solid color red green purple or blue and then it comes with this this bandana which is some sort of a mat i'm not exactly sure how to use it because again i haven't torn the the thing off yet um to open it but it's got the uh the nine arches gold with this logo so it's um it's either a mat to play on or it's meant to be used in your adventuring i'm not exactly sure but it's rolled up in the bottom um tucked into its nice little um nice little slot there this is cool. this is what's really really cool. So then the the final component or the, the final section of the box has this this tin in it. I'm going to set this stuff off to the side so that I can like adequately show you the tin. This is the tin that it comes in. All right. So this tin is like a it's gold. All the accents are gold. Primary color is yeah. gold. It's embossed. It's got the um it's got the logo on it with everything. And then you open this up and inside nestled inside you have another foam packed package <laughs> and inside this foam pack you have a custom die that is nestled in there with these icons that we've talked about on there um on the different oh, sides and then one side says leader picks let's see if i can get that to, to focus i don't know if i can or not leader picks the other side says choose wisely all right, so there's four icons, and then there's those two other things where someone gets to pick, um, and then somebody gets to choose, which I guess those are the same things. <laughs> someone gets to pick, That's and awesome. someone gets to choose. And then you've got this box. So this box is this box is the game. This box is a, a box of tarot-sized cards um, that you will use to, to go on your adventures. So here's what it says on the back. Consider these arches your greatest quest, an adventure to unlock your very best, a challenge in each card to push you higher and seize uh, to seize your desire. No time to turn back nor hesitate. The fortunes ahead are simply too great. And then you've got these cards inside, which I am so excited to show you because they're freaking awesome. This is how the, the deck starts. I don't know exactly. This one looks different than any of the other ones that are in there. It's like a solid red card. But then you've got these tarot-style cards with these illustrations. Oh, wow. And the illustrations are meant, they're all different. They're meant to give you some sort of visual idea 
and you are meant to go do an adventure based off of how you interpret that oh. card. So like this particular card has a guy on like a an old fashioned like penny. Um, what are these called? Like penny farthing. Is that what these are called? With the giant tire yeah, the, in the yeah. <laughs> but this card is called Wheels of Joy. And you're supposed to look at that card and then you're supposed to go do something, have an adventure based off of how you're interpreting that card. Let me show you the quality of those cards. So they look they look really cool. It's all that same mono width. It's all, it's all every if this thing is on brand from beginning to end. But check this out because this is so freaking pretty. You ready for this, Patrick? Do look it. at the side of these cards. Wow. So they're actually gold on the edges. <laughs> Gold, yeah, actual gold foil on the edges of these cards, like shiny, shiny gold. Like it's like it's literally causing a reflection on my wall from uh, behind the behind the computer screen. Um, So the whole point of this game, again, is to get you outside doing things with a group of people to get you experiencing life with a group of people and then charting it. And they have a whole online forum of people a whole online community of people where you go and you share your adventures um and so people get to see what other people are doing with these cards um interesting that's cool all right what are we doing it i know i got this game literally in the (laughs) the mail the day that my i i died i tore my leg yep and it was the most bittersweet, like, I can't do anything. So maybe I can give it to you and three of your friends can get yeah, together. Well, and, do something. and then we'll just <laughs> tell you about it. Um, we'll wait for you. Nine Arches, it is out now. I don't know. Uh, I know that there's some retailers who, who got it. It's not a wide release. Like, you can't get this from Target or anything like that yet. But some of your local game shops may have it. Um, this is the first edition. It's printed as the first edition. It says that. So there, may, there, there will be additional editions that have um, varying cards. I also got, I don't have it with me, and it would take a lot of effort to go get it. Um, as being one of the first backers, I got a handwritten card, like a literal handwritten card in there uh, addressed to me with um, four, adi- four, four or eight additional um, tarot cards um, that are not in the base set. So it's oh, only for terrible. people who were who were in the first the first grouping. So, um, man, I can't wait to actually experience this. It's going to be such a fun opportunity for, for me and a few friends to go uh, do something communal Aww. that is life-giving and is fun and is creative. And so um, go check it out, Nine Arches. Um, check it out. There will be a link to it in show notes. Again, I don't know if you can pick it up from them immediately, uh, but you can probably find it if you if you do a little bit of due diligence. You can probably find a copy yeah. of it yourself. So, okay. I think that's going to be it for this episode. We need to roll our dice before we head out of here. Um, but uh, I think I think that's it, right? We talked about all the things there are to talk about. Yes, yeah. let's roll them. We're going to roll some dice um, whenever. Oh, somebody- my word. I rolled a one. Yeah, baby. Ah. Patrick has to uh, talk so about every episode again. of Cabinet of Curiosity. <laughs> 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 he has to go see all the horror movies. <clears throat> um, and what'd you get, Lauren? <laughs> a two. <laughs> Come on, lucky three. It's going to be, oh, trivia. Okay. All right. Uh, I got your two numbers combined. Twelve. <laughs> concatenated very close uh 12 will be music oh we haven't had that in a long time and it's future music right mm-hmm. yeah future you can't talk about taylor swift's album that just came out <laughs> i promise i promise before november is over we will do our first full trivia night promise Okay. I'll do the color game again. I thought your promise was going to take longer. That's why I leaned back to put the thing in the box. No, no, no. That was was, was the whole promise. Oh, I've got time. We're good. And then then I didn't have time. Um, So, so, uh, that being said, you can find all the show notes and links, the stuff we talked about in this episode um, over at mofone.network. While you're there, you can find a a whole plethora, a cornucopia. Now that we're in... uh, Thanksgiving season, a cornucopia yeah. of of other episodes, including all sorts of interviews of people that you've that you've loved their work for years and years, and uh, some really cool stuff that maybe you have yet to discover. So go check out those archives um, for for you to find that because we've been doing this for over eight years. 
over eight years. Depressing. Gross. Um, there's a ton of content on there. And it feels like it's been 15 years, honestly. <laughs> I've aged 15 years <laughs> in the last eight. I've lived two lifetimes. Um, but you can go 11 f- days specifically. Yeah. It's been <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've lived, <laughs> I've lived eight years in the last 11 days. That's that is what it feels like. Um, <laughs> you can also find us on all the different platform channels, uh, that you listen to things. So if you're listening to this right now, you can, you can, uh, subscribe to us on all those different channels. Um, but also subscribe on Twitch. It's super helpful. This show is very visual. Uh, even more lately, we've been doing a ton of show and tell. I love this platform. Twitch is great because we get to have real-time conversations with real people in our community. It is far more life-giving than just talking into an abyss. If you want to be one of those people who contributes to the show while we're doing it, it's really simple. Twitch.tv slash M of One Podcast. Click the follow button and then be even nicer and click the subscribe button. Yeah. It doesn't even have to cost you anything. Each month you can re-up your subscription using your Amazon Prime account. And that is very helpful for us. It throws a couple dollars in our pockets, which helps us continue to do this and do more things like the new thing that we're going to be doing after uh, we record this episode uh, that you'll be able to see on the uh, cultural osmosis and do things like we did last week with the pumpkin carving on the drawing board, which was super fun. And this coming week, if you're listening to this on release day, tomorrow is our bits and boards. Good oh, Lord, Lord, we're doing so much stuff. Subscribing helps us do that. So uh, please help us out in in that regard. Drop a, a like, a follow, a subscribe, and then rate the show and review the show on iTunes. When you do that, we get to read it. It's a lot of fun. Um, we prefer five-star reviews. If it's not five star for you, that's fine. Be honest, but uh, you know, tell us something fun to read, and we'll read it on air. That's what we're all about. So, uh, sharing is caring. Everybody, let people know that you that you tune into this every week. I think I've got everything. M of One Podcast and all the different platforms. You can join us on Slack to to yeah, join the conversation throughout the week. All of that's on our website. Just go there. Um, I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's on all the different platforms. Lauren, where do people find you? I'm at Not Cool Co everywhere. And I'm, I don't know, I'm at, I didn't think of anything. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not there. At Chuck Oldridge. Uh, oh, wow. Nice little, nice little shout out to the barbs. Um, we are going to get out of this episode for now, though. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. <laughs> Adios. I'm Patrick and I'm seeing the ball.